the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast Man. I am excited. We are going to talk uh, football. We're going to talk faith. We're going to talk family. We're going to talk firefighting with Jacob Gutierrez. Jacob, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm well. I'm well. It's good to be here with you, Steve. Man, thanks a lot for making time. Um, God is good, and you are good, and you are good. And, uh, man, uh, I'm excited. I You don't see this, Jacob, but on Facebook Live, they can see that I'm wearing my OU Sooners jersey from quite a while ago, and this is the sad part. I don't have an OU Sooners number 21 jersey. I've got to fix that, Jacob. i got to make that right. I don't know, man. Hey, I'm sure there's one around here somewhere. I've got to hook you up. <laughs> man, that would be great. That would be awesome. Well, what I'm wearing right now is I thought might have been your number. So when I was up at OU before you got started, um, Quentin Griffin had just uh, finished his OU career before he went to the Broncos. And so I went to the uh, campus bookstore, and they had some 22s. And I knew that you were, you know, he was five foot seven. I still the, you know, the roster is confusing as to what height you were during college. Some say five seven, some say five six. Maybe you can just set the record straight right now. How tall were you at OU? Five ten. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just, five, 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 six and a half. Five, six and a half. I love it, man. Yeah. Man, I gotta take every half or quarter I can get. <laughs> man, that's awesome. Well, um, I just want to remind our our viewers who maybe are not familiar with you. A lot of the people that are going to be tuning in are familiar, not just familiar, but love you and have memories. Uh, just special memories of you from your San Antonio days and any Sooner fans um, should have some special memories of you as a Sooner. I get to be both. I got the blessing and honor of watching you play at Madison and uh, I can still remember and we'll talk about forever, you know, just finding out, I think the night before uh, signing day, your senior year, I think it might've been Patty Riddiman who notified me that you were going to commit or sign with, uh, my team, the Oklahoma Sooners. And, uh, man, I just rem- remember being in my kitchen, just jumping, I mean, up and down with joy. Um, and people may not know the story, but tell us a little bit. I know it's been a while and I'm, I'm talking about memories and stuff, but, I mean, you were one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in this city, but you were under-recruited, and then all of a sudden you're going to OU. Can you just recall for us what that was like, and how was it frustrating for you as a competitor, knowing that, hey, I should be with the schools like Oklahoma, but they're not talking to me? Can you talk us through that? 
Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a hard uh, hard time in my life. You know, ever since I was little, I kind of had this, this dream of going to play big-time football, and you, know, you work hard and do everything you, you you think you need to do. And I had the numbers and performance yeah. and everything I thought I needed to, to get to that point. And then when it came to that point, it just wasn't happening. Um, so it was disappointing. You know, I thought, you know, I did my part, and I thought that uh, uh, the offer should be rolling in and everything should take care of itself, and it just wasn't the case. So, um, it was hard, you know, I had to kind of yeah. take a look at myself and try to figure things out. And it's frustrating because I, I had this game plan and yeah. it just wasn't going the way I thought it was going to go. You know, I even remember having a conversation with my dad, you know, and I, he's like, well, you know, we can, we can bet on you, you know, where do you want to go to walk mm. on and, and try to earn a scholarship. And you know, ironically, you know, it was like, well, um, Oklahoma, I mean, Quentin Griffin just left and the program's kind of set up to, to, uh, for me and what I would like to work, what kind of offense I'd like to run, the number one in the country. And so yeah. uh, we kind of had that in the back of our mind. And, wow. you know, if nothing works out D1-wise, I can go walk on somewhere that's going to give me an opportunity. Um, uh, and the few weeks went by, and then uh, Kansas, KU called me. You know, I sent my tape out all kinds of places, a uh, highlight film, and then yeah. KU called me because Seth Luttrell was coaching there at the time. I don't even know if you remember him, but he was the fullback for Quentin Griffin. Um, oh yeah, of course I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he called me, he said, Hey, we got you we got a hold of your tape. I really like you. you know, I think you can do some good things in our offense and uh, everything. So I was kinda of, I was sitting ready to go be a Jayhawk, go do that and it was my first D one offer. Wow. Uh, and I was just I was on board. I just wanted to be on that stage and that was my opportunity. Uh later that, that same day, uh Coach Bobby Jack Wright showed up at Madison and he brought me in the office. He said, Hey, you know, we we got your tape. We like it. We just don't really know uh, if offer stuff's going to work out or if we have a scholarship left for you. Just kind of want to let you know um, that, wow. that you know we're interested. So you know, I was excited. You know, stuff was happening. And later that that, that evening, he called me back. He said, "Hey, um, we got a scholarship where you want to be a, a sooner." So it's like, uh, yeah, I'm in. I mean, number one country, number one school in the country. Yeah. That's what my dad and I had talked about previously already, and so. Uh, it's just one of those things, like I said, it wasn't my plan. It wasn't how I, you know, if it was my way, yeah. I would have been able to go and visit all kinds of schools and, um, you know, kind of got to pick up my whatever I wanted. And But, you know, it was kind of written and how he wanted it to, to, for it to happen. And, you know, that's how I, I didn't even, hadn't even visited, didn't really know anything about Oklahoma or anything like that. I just knew yeah. that football-wise it was, a, it was a great setup for me. It wasn't too far from home. Um, and, you know, it was going to pay for school. You know, so yeah. Big things, the boxes are checked off, and there you go. I was a Sooner that day. Jacob, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was when you said that you kind of had to take a look at yourself and you had to just kind of work through those feelings and emotions. When I think of you, like you are a rock. I mean, I've seen you in high-pressure situations, and you are just the, I mean, the coolest person that there is. Like you are, you're the perfect firefighter because I want someone like you when everything is, man, you just got to count on somebody to save your life or to come through. So when I think about you, like dealing with disappointment or just processing through it, I want to know what that was like for you. How did you deal with those emotions and thoughts when you thought, man, it's just not happening? It was it was hard. It was frustrating. I mean, I appreciate the, those comments and the sentiments, but um, it, it's it's tough because I mean, like you said, I mean, a lot of those situations, there's things that you can do. You know, if you're in a, uh, in a tough situation in football, you know, there, there's a block you can make or a, a run you can you can make or you know, cut you can 
do something you could yeah. physically do. But in a situation like that, I, I, I had done everything that I could do. I was out of my hands. I, yeah. And that was the hard part. You know, even firefighting situations, something gets there and something's on fire. There's something I can do. Yeah. There's a tactic that I can deploy or something yeah. that I can physically do. But in a situation like that, it was nothing. It was a, it was one of those times when it's out of your hands. And yeah. That's when, when faith comes in. You know, you just got to, uh, put it in his hands and yeah. be faithful and um, kind of just wait to see what rolls your way. And, and like I said, it wasn't my path. It wasn't my plan. I would have uh, enjoyed being able to go visit all these Power 5 schools and, yeah. and take my pick and whatever one suited me. But it was, it was looking back now, it was it was the way it needed to go, that it should have gone. You know, he put me where he wanted me and not where I wanted to be. And so it's hard to understand that um, in, in the heat of the moment. Like, it was disappointing. It was heartbreaking that it, it wasn't going as I had planned. But uh, kind of looking back and on it, it was exactly how it needed to go. So it was a, it was a great lesson for me to learn. And yeah. you know, it's how to pass along and to somebody else maybe going through those, one of those situations. Um, those oh. are the hard times when you can't do anything. Uh, Done right. everything you can. You just got to sit back and, and be faithful and, and, and go with it. Did you feel like your faith in God grew during that time? Uh, after the time, I think. Yeah. Uh, after I had time, during the time, you were shaken as far as sure. you kind of felt betrayed. Like, hey, I did my my end of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of, uh, even before that, I, I, I got in a car accident when we were in high school. Uh, flip the car and oh, I forgot one of those about deals that. you uh, um, look back and I was like, man, I could have been, uh, been dead or, or hurt or something. And I said, what, what, what do you want from me, God? And um, at the time, I had football going for me. But honestly, it was one of those deals where it was going for me. Mm. Uh, it was all, you know, I was, I was popular. I was athletic. I was I had things going for me. Yeah. Uh, and they were selfless motivations. Uh, and so you, something like that happens. And like, what, what can I do more than just selfish reasons and uh, I turned back to football I said that it cannot be a selfish reason it can be um, something that opens doors for me into other people's lives to, to do something to make a difference to uh, do something special and so I poured myself even more into to football and, and that avenue because I felt like that's what God wanted to of me because I was I was blessed with those gifts and, and then I got to that point where I was like well maybe this was I mean was I wrong I mean, this is what I thought I did everything that that I thought I was supposed to, and, and nothing. And so um, it was it was shaking. And it yeah. seems um, trivial now that football would shake me so much, but that was my life. You know, that sure. was everything I had, um, all my eggs in that basket, pretty much. Um, so when something like that, it kind of shakes you. But then uh, you get into it, and you realize, man, it was exactly how God wanted it. Not, not how I wanted mm. it, again, but how He wanted it. And then then it strengthened me, you know. Yeah. After it shook me, it strengthened me. So That's it's good. One of those old, those old things, and you got to break it down to build it up. Yeah, shook me and then strengthened me. That's good stuff, man. That's good. Okay. Um, well, I want to talk about some of your OU experiences, and we're still going to talk about you and you as a father and family, and uh, more about your faith and everything. But I, you know, of course, uh, I'm going to also talk some OU football with you because I, I just have to. That's uh, you know legal 
contractual obligation that I have to. So I am gonna, you know, have to ask your just opinion about OU because I'm sporting my my 22 jersey, um, you know, and uh, it's it's been a tough season. We'll talk about that later. We'll we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I was gonna have Coach Ritterman in here with me, and we were gonna uh, he was gonna co-host with me with me, and he had to, um, you know, he wasn't able to make it today after all, but. I had asked him, like, what's a question you have for Jacob? Like, what would you want him to answer? And then uh, I realized, man, I should ask some of those other former Madison uh, coaches. And, of course, uh, Coach Peterson is back there as the head coach. So I asked him, give me a question for Jacob. And I asked uh, uh, Coach Streety, who's your head coach and is a legend, of course, and I reached out to Coach Cueva, and I got all sorts of different questions. So I want to go ahead and go through those and just kind of see, um, you know, see where it takes uh, takes us in this conversation. So I'm gonna. Which one do you want to start with? You tell me one of those uh, four coaches. Let's go, with Coach Ritterman. You know, he, he started the whole deal. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, well, first of all, and I was gonna have him introduce you, which um, I just thought was gonna be really cool because over the years I've heard him say so many great things about you as a leader and as a teammate. So um, I said, you know, last second, hey, just give me at least a sentence on Jacob. So what he said, and if Ritterman says it, you know, you have to just, I mean, you have to take it to the bank. I mean, you know, he doesn't just hand out compliments and comments unless he really means it. This is what he said. Jacob was probably the best peer leader I've ever had in our program. Jacob was probably the best peer leader I've ever had in our program, which is, I think that's really cool. I don't know. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, that's not bad. No, no, I'm with you. I, I, uh, as a man, I receive the respect. Anytime they have a compliment or praise for you, you just you take it to bank. So, yeah. Um, each compliment from coach. Yeah. All right. Here's what he asked Are there any character qualities, character slash qualities that you learned during high school football? that you use today in your roles as husband, father, or professionally? Oh, man, all of them. <laughs> um, golly, yeah. Uh, I, I still have a, the opportunity to go and speak to, to high school teams, you know. Mm. Um, I get calls every now and then, go talk to different teams, and that's, that's it. You know, like, again, you don't realize it when you're going through it, but and I didn't either. Uh, but football was my life, my dad being a high school coach and – uh, he played ball, and so I grew up in a locker room. I grew up around football, and mm-hmm. um, it was a game, but it was a it was life that you learn in a game. You know, it's it's life in a hundred yards. Um, mm. uh, so it's all those things that you learn that, that that are instilled in you that you don't realize until you get out. You're like, man, yeah, I was training for life this whole time, and I didn't realize it. You know, um, just things like hard work. You know, uh, when you face adversity, with, yeah, just how to overcome it. Know how to not shut it down because uh, in the football you see when you if you shut down in adversity then, then you lose the game yeah. right and that's a football game but in life if you if you see adversity and you shut down then then you lose a life you know um, right. you just can't afford to do that you can't miss opportunities um, leadership you know it's, mm-hmm. it, that comment Coach Treaty made is the thing I learned in leadership is, is leadership is about others um, it's not about you it's not about getting a, a C on your jersey or, or you know, getting to walk out in the middle of the field or anything. It's about being able to, to make the people around you better. Yeah. You know, and as, as a father, as a husband, as, you know, um, being in a firehouse, it's not about you. It's not about your rank. It's not about um, 
seat at the table. It's about trying to make other people better, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's what leadership in football uh, taught me, and that's how I tried to go about it. And, and now in life, it's the same way. You know, it's not about my position as a, in a community or anything like that. It's just how can I make my son better? How can I make mm. my daughter better? How can I make my wife better and, and serve them mm. better? Uh, and then those leadership tags come come your way, you know, un- unintentionally. And it's, you don't strive for it. You just try to make people better. Yeah. And people see that, and then they W a leader, uh, however that may come. Um, but it's not the goal. It's just the, the, the byproduct of just trying to be there for others. Um, That's I awesome. Think. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and then I ended up as a firefighter, and this, all those same things just come, come into play, working hard, yeah. um, dedication, loyalty to those guys that you work with, um, that, that teamwork atmosphere that uh, I was around in football my whole life, the same thing in the fire station, you know, trying to make help make others better, um, trying to uh, be diligent with the, with your with your craft. You know, it used to be a football, and now it's a fire hose. Um, yeah. But uh, other people depend on it. Um, and so you just try to take that work ethic and that, that those lessons you learn and apply them to everyday life, whether it be work or family or anything. But yeah, everything I've learned has played out on a football field at, at some time or another in my life. And now I just get an opportunity to reflect on it and bring it back to the surface, surface to try to be a, a better husband or father or yeah. a firefighter. Man. All right. I'm going to come back. I want to make a comment, but I'm going to come back and ask you about, you know, just <laughs> how you serve um, Ashley and how you serve your kids. So you can let that sit there, but I want to, I want to make this comment though. Just I'm writing down some of the things you're talking about. And I think it's amazing just going back to the football field. I mean, you talk about hard work and I'm, I'm now kind of thinking about your OU career and talk about overcoming adversity talk about leadership. Those are some of the the first three things you said, and then dedication and loyalty. And just looking back at your OU career, I mean, you continued to work hard. That freshman year, you were one of three running backs that were there. When Adrian Peterson signed as an OU running back, I believe the other two guys transferred, um, you stayed. You could have seen that as, man, that's, I mean, that's adversity. I mean, your opportunity might have been coming or right in front of you, and then all of a sudden the number one running back in the nation uh, comes to OU. That's some adversity, but you keep working hard. You can't help but work hard. I mean, that's just who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah I appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, uh, and it kind of goes back to the how it all unfolded. Um, and, it, man, it's a whole other can we can open up. With the whole let's, new let's open it up. Portal and NIL deal and yeah, yeah. all that. I just I – just, it, it, I had an opportunity to leave when Coach Mike Stoops left, you know. Coach, right. Uh, Bob Stoops gave me his blessing and said, hey, it's a great opportunity for you to be the man there. and At Arizona, and right. See the field more. And, um, and I, I had to take it to prayer and – it was hard for me to not see God's plan. You know, again, like I said, if if it were up to me, I would have been able to visit every power five school and take my pick and, and do that. But uh, seeing how God laid it out in my life and um, discerning all that, I just couldn't see how I could selfishly just seek more playing time or more limelight for me. You know, I was was serving in the, uh, in the children's hospitals here. I was mentoring kids in elementary schools that, that football had given me that platform, you know, and, and mm. take a second and to realize that that was, that was his plan, you know, and for me to just hightail it out for a selfish, 
I, I felt was selfish uh, reason I yeah. couldn't do it. So I just stuck around and tried to work harder and, 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 and grow and um, where he put me, you know, make the best of that situation. And if football was going to happen, it was going to happen. But, but I was doing what he wanted me to do. So um, I, I wish now that, you know, young players would just take time and, and not get caught up in the, yeah. uh, the limelight of everything, but truly discern where you want to spend the next four or five years of your life to grow as a, as a young man, as a person, not just, um, you know, limelight or, or the biggest, baddest or latest, but just where do you, where do you see yourself growing as a, as a young man um, and not jumping from place to place when things get hard? Cause there's a lot of lessons to, to be learned in adversity and trials and tribulation. Right. But, but you never get to, to learn it if you fail out on it. Right. And pretty amazing to me that part of your, when you think about 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds, um, I mean, one of the motivations for you staying at OU was because you were serving others, like you were loving those kids at the elementary school week after week. You know, you weren't just making a one-time appearance and photo opportunity. I mean, you were there building relationship with those kids and going to the hospitals and things. I think it's amazing and speaks to your character that um, you know, that was one of your chief concerns was, I mean, God is using me here is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and exactly. And, um, and it was, and I couldn't again, leave on for, for my own reasons, but I knew that I was there for other reasons um, yeah. other than football. Yeah. And so, and, and, and really it's just, a, to me, in my opinion, it's just a matter of all those opportunities are there. It's just a matter if, you take time out to discern what God wants instead of what, what we want yeah. uh, individually. Uh, and it's hard sometimes, you know, um, when there's a lot of other opportunities or things that we may want, want to do for ourselves. But um, take time and see what's around you, who's around you, what, what you're doing, what your purpose is. And uh, I was blessed. I mean, I, I, it was a hard time, uh, the recruiting process, the way it did. Yeah. It was a hard time getting into a car accident when you're in high school and doing all this stuff. But there yeah. were things that form you, that, that form your, your thought process and your development and your life perspectives. And um, just being exposed to all that just kind of changes your, your thought process, I believe. So. Yeah, that's good, man. I've got so many questions, but we'll we'll keep rolling. Let me go back to, uh, and we'll get back to these other coach questions. But how do you serve uh, serve your wife Ashley? Give us an example. It might just inspire some husband today or boyfriend today. Uh, you know, just to remember um, their wife and how they can serve them. Give us an example. You know, I mean, we've been married eleven years now, and it's still a learning process. You know to yeah. how. You know, talk about love languages, those books, and everything. Oh, yeah. To uh, how, what is what speaks to her heart, you know, and I think everybody's different in how they receive that love and that serving, um, and how you do that, you know. So it's it's always an ongoing process. But for me personally, my wife, she she's working, she works hard, she works late, she, mm. she does a lot. So I, I try my best to uh, do all those things to take it off her plate, you know. Even though there's those times you just want to sit back and and pick your feet up and just watch football all day or right. do this or that or what she want to do. But knowing how much it, it, it takes off her plate, it takes, relieves her stress. Like, Hey, I need to, you know, get this laundry done or, you know, get this food made or, uh, you know, and there's no, no traditional roles or just her job or anything. It's just, it's just serving one another. You know, what's going to make life easier for, for the other person, you know, and vice versa. Yeah. You know, she does the same for me. And, um, but it's just kind of being, trying to be attentive to what she's going through, what she's struggling with, 
uh, how to serve her, you know, always taking, trying to take time to uh, keep her needs in, in mind and in that little time in prayer, just you know, even when she doesn't ask for it or trying to make it a habit uh, as a family and or as a couple as well, just uh, being there just to serve. So those those things, you know, when, when you, again, it's not about you. It's not about what you want. Yeah. Um, uh, it's about what's going to make uh, her happy, uh, us happy as a family. Even though I feel like I might deserve to just kick my feet up and sit right. there and watch football all day. It's like, hey, what does this family need? first so yeah. right what uh i'm just curious what uh when you look at your love languages and hers do are they the same are they different and usually when i i get to you know counsel pre-marriage and some marriage counseling and usually i've been able to identify that um a husband and wife usually have like kind of two um not just one main love language but usually like kind of two i don't know how it is for you nationally but do you know what her love language or two is yeah, yeah, you know, it's what's funny is too is because we did that at the beginning of our of our uh, marriage, you know, yeah. go to the counseling and stuff, and uh, we got hey, hers is uh, words of affirmation, yeah, you know? and so we, she, she just needs those words of affirmation. Uh, but then you get married and you get busy and you have kids and your needs and everything else change. So it went from words of affirmation to to acts of, of, of kindness, you know. I, so it's like, hey, I, yeah. you can tell me that, but if you Take care of the kids' laundry. That'd be awesome, you know. So <laughs> it's kind of they they morph and they change, and but not to say she they're still uh, not mixing in those those words of kindness and stuff too. Right. And I think it might be the same for everybody too. You just kind of to morph and change. But then it goes back to being attentive. You know, what do we have going on mm. uh, as a couple, as a family, as uh, in life? You know, things that we might need, and just trying to keep it at the forefront um, because life gets a little crazy, but making time to yeah. try to tune in. What um what is what would you say is your love language? I'm going with acts of kindness. I like things, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, Doing that, things. Yeah, that makes sense. Knowing I mean, yeah, how you sacrifice and how you serve. Okay, that makes sense. All right, uh who do you want next? We got Peterson Streety or Cueva. Pick one. Go Cueva. Cueva. All right. Um his first one, I'm I'm gonna read you exactly what he texted. What's your favorite third down play? And he said, just kidding. That's for a football interview. But I definitely want to hear your favorite third down play. This is a football interview also. And he said, um, also, the more serious one is how about what's your calling to this job? But talk about your favorite third down play. Oh, man. Just because I had a lot of memories of the screen. The screen pass is always nice. You know? Yeah. Caught up in the, in the screen and. Uh, usually I can break them for some good yards and get some good blocking and things going. But uh, yeah, I always enjoy a screen. You know, that's how that uh, Roosevelt play. Oh, that's Streety's question. So okay, let me throw in Streety's question. Uh, just because he said, ask him to tell a story about carrying the whole Roosevelt defense into the end zone on one of his touchdown runs, and he put uh, a crazy LOL emoji and the muscle emoji. So. Um, yeah, so that ties right in with that. Can you tell us uh, tell us about that? Man, yeah, that was a crazy game. And actually, one of my teammates uh, at OU, Corey Bennett, was uh, playing there as a he was a sophomore at the time. But yeah, they were both really highly ranked in the city. Roosevelt had a lot of talent and came down to the wire. Um, and I honestly can't remember if it was third down or fourth down, but it was third and long or fourth and long. Uh, and it's funny, talking to Corey after the fact too. He said, "Dude." 
I got yelled at so bad because we watched them. We knew it was coming. They were yelling at me, uh, and our job was just to stop it, and we just couldn't stop it. But, yeah, we uh, they go, you know, tossed me a little screen pass and uh, made enough yards just to keep the chains moving and uh, towards the end of the game. And so we're down there and inside the eight, inside the ten or so, uh, ran inside run play and just kind of found a little, little crease and, uh, just kept my, my feet moving and yard up yard kept on coming and end up in the end zone, uh, very end. But, you know, it's kind of one of those deals. Everybody dug in and kept on pushing defense, offense alike and end up in the end zone and ended up with the win. But, uh, so it was just a great atmosphere, you know, a good win against a really good team. And they get to share those memories with a teammate at OU after the fact. But, um, yeah, it was one of the highlights because it was such a great environment. Man, I wish we had. I don't feel like we had huddle back then, uh, but I wish we did. Because uh, I mean, I, in my mind, I can still picture part of that night. And uh, I mean, I don't know how many Rough Riders were like. I mean, you were carrying them. I mean, I, I really. I, it wasn't just. Uh, well, what I remember is not just you know that the offense was pushing you. It's just like man, there were three, four guys. I don't know a ton of guys. And you just kept moving, and it was it was incredible. Uh, I mean, it was just crazy. I remember, uh, yeah, I remember your cousin, you know, um, and uh, even after the game because we were on the visitor side at Kamalander, um, seeing everybody. I mean, it was it was pretty crazy. That's that's what I remember anyway. But uh, man, yeah, wild, wild. All right, uh, anything else? And then Cueva's other question kind of runs into Peterson's question, so I'll throw that out there. But anything else about that uh, that touchdown run? How many no, guys? No. How many guys were on you? Oh, I don't even remember. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if you watch the film the next time, you just, there's a group of them. But I don't, I don't know. I was okay. excited that it worked out and <laughs> got to celebrate it with the teammates, and you know, it was just a good, good, exciting atmosphere to win. Okay. All right. I love it. All right. Will uh, Cueva says, how about what's your calling to this job? And then Peterson, uh, Coach Peterson said this, Jacob is one of the greatest competitors I ever coached. I would ask him what in his life today fulfills that urge, drive to compete at such a high level. So I don't know if that ties into uh, your calling to your job or, or what, but there it is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so Chris was asking about my job as far as he, firefighter, what yeah, attracted me. Yeah, he said, it. yeah, just how yeah. about what's your calling to this job? Yeah, honestly, you know, like I talked about all my eggs in the football basket, you know, ever since I was a little one and played professional football and doing all that. And, yeah. And then when I was actually done with it, I was like, oh, what do I do now? You know, it was a weird time in life. Uh, and there would be a lot of athletes that go through that. You know, you're one thing your whole life. And then when it's gone, it's like, now what? You know, what what I do now? Yeah. Uh, you know, nobody's scheduling practices or study halls or workout uh, times or anything. You know, like, now what? You know, um, I had to find plan B. And um, I, like I said, my dad was a football coach. Uh, I knew, I know coaching. My brother's still coaching high school football. Yeah. Uh, so I know I know coaching life. I, I know what it's about. Uh, I just wanted to challenge myself uh, to do something different. Uh, yeah. Because it's easy to fall into that, what you know. But I was like, I want to do what mm. I don't know. Just mm. see, see what I can learn, see what else is out there. But um, so firefighting, I have a, I had a cousin that's a firefighter in Austin and an uncle that was a firefighter in, in Kelly Air Force Base. 
just kind of looked into it and said, man, it's kind of kind of like football, but but different. You know, you're yeah. around the team, you're doing, you're staying active, uh, but there's a whole different side of it. You know, get to be in a community and serve and um, go down that route. I started looking into it more. I looked in, I was like, I like this, so I nice. started applying. Um, and and now in eleven years now, and there's still so much. To, that's my drive to is to learn because truly serving every day, you know, yeah. um, and the attitude you go at to work with is, is what you, you know, just like anything you, you get out of it, what you put into it. Um, right. You want to go in there with a good attitude and learn and be able to serve others. And it's usually when people call it, it's in a, a hard time or a tough time. So to be able to go and make things better and to serve others and, um, I don't know what my deal, you know, just to keep pushing myself, uh, competing yeah. and like, like they were saying, just to stay active and, and get better and to keep learning. I think that's been my drive is just to keep learning. Yeah. Um, and, and you do every day with, with the fire department. I'm a paramedic now as well. So wow. learning the medical side of it and Dang. rescue side of things and just keep on, keep on keeping on. I love it. Okay. So does that uh, also go on with Peterson's what today fulfills that urge drive to compete or – Mm, a little bit. I mean, I like challenging myself and just uh, learning why, you know. I mean, yeah. I just like to keep on going, but uh, I got into CrossFit stuff. Um, I like just going CrossFit, just working out this, because it's all times, you know. How fast can you do this? You know, well, last time you did it this fast, but how fast can you do uh, this time, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's just staying active and competing in that way. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. the two biggest things. That's good. That's good. Okay. Um if you could give me a few more minutes um, and let yeah. me, yeah, let me, let, let me shift gears now. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we just want to cover uh, from your coaches or anything, but um, let me just kind of shift gears and, and um, just ask real quickly um, about your faith and just, um, you know, where you're growing in Christ these days, what that looks like. And then I've got to still come back to OU football. So just give me a few more minutes. I've let our yeah. next guest know that, uh, that we're kind of delayed. So give me a few more minutes on that, man. How are you growing in your faith? I know you're, you're strong in your faith with Christ and how's that going? Man, it's getting, it's just like I said, uh, fire career wise, just growing, you know, just yeah. challenging myself to grow and to learn every day. Um, and it starts, you know, it's, it's tough now. You have kids, and they ask questions. You know, well, what about this? Daddy, what about that? So, um, it's no time to just kind of like, well, because I said, dig deeper and 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 learn exactly the ins and outs of, of what we do, why we do it, what we believe, why we believe it, and um, when it comes up to to life things, you know, why they ask them, we can fall back on those things we teach them. So, uh, really, I mean, it's a daily thing. All the kids yeah. all the time bring up questions and what, and to be able to just relay it back to our faith and not just a, a worldly answer is, is, is the challenge, you know, and not to try to make anything up on the spur of the moment. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah, they, they keep me going, you know, from yeah. church to everyday life to and prayer time and they call you out on it. And daddy, you can say our prayers or, you know, this, that, and the other. So it's fun and it's challenging and you know, just to keep on growing and to make it a part of their lives, you know, because, uh, they're going to be what we make in their life. You right. know? Put their our faith and prayer in their life, and they'll become faithful, prayerful people. That's uh, right. But if we don't make for it, time for it now, then uh, it'll be hard for them to switch one day and make it part of their life. You know? Yeah, yeah, but that's good. 
That's good. Okay. And just for people who are listening who may have lost touch or, or whatever, but you've got three kids and you've got one on the way, you and Ashley. Yes, yes. My oldest son, Chase, he's seven. Uh, my uh, daughter, Eliana, she just turned six. Okay. Uh, our youngest son, Elias, he is two. He'll be three in February 28th. And then we have a little one any day now coming. Don't know for a girl. We just kind of wait and see what God gives us. So we'll see. And then a crazy uh, old English bulldog. i love it all right um man just talk to me a little bit about ou football it was kind of a tough season i was glad i was doing some research and i saw that you did go to the spring game um which i was really excited just to see it seems like that means you're still connected and and uh you know how do you how do you feel about how the year went how do you feel about coach venables um and where the program is headed you know because Uh, i want to say also i want to say real quick i mean you know, one of the, th- the cool things that he's done is that soul mission. And I thought, man, Jacob Gutierrez would be great for one of those soul mission spots. So I don't know if anybody gave you a call or reached out to you, but, uh, man, that sounded like something you would be great at. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. I actually, um, kind of a weird deal. My wife was giving me a hard time, but I never wanted to be one of those guys that just hung my head on what I used to be. Yeah. You know, I played high school football, throw the ball over these mountains, you know, kind of deal or anything like that. So <laughs> I was, I'm around and we go to football games, but I never wanted to uh, uh, just hang my hat on or anything. So I yeah. kind of stuck away from things and I you know, didn't went too involved in everything. But when Coach Venables came by, he was like, hey, we need you guys. All our Oklahoma football, we need that tradition. We need you all around here. And so it was really a warm, not to say Coach Riley wasn't, um, it was cold or anything, but Coach V went out of his way to, to make it be known that uh, we want you here, we need you here. So yeah. We went to the spring game. We went to his welcoming deal here, and my kids really enjoy going to be around it and stuff. And so it's just a great environment that he uh, created. And, and obviously the season didn't go the way we wanted it to go or anybody wanted to go. That We're used to or accustomed to the season going around here, but – Man, I have a full faith in, in Coach B and what he's doing. Um, and it kind of falls back on what we talked about earlier about trying to create that environment for young men to, to see, like, hey, this isn't just a place to go to go make some money or to, to yeah. be about the limelight. It's like, hey, these coaches, they, they want to invest in you as young men. You know, um, this game will be here and be gone before you know it, even if you go to the next level. Yeah. Uh, and then, then, then you're stuck with who you are as a man the rest of your life. So I'm, I'm I'm happy that we got Coach Ben and He is the person he is now, you know, because he he isn't the same man he is you know, ten years ago, you know, whatever it was when he left the, the Clemson. He's he's different. He's uh, he's grown. He's in his faith as as, as a man, as a coach. Um, and these young guys are going to reap the benefits of it. Uh, I just I just pray that everybody else can be open minded to that. You know, um, yeah, that old thing. Rome wasn't built in a day. Right, you can create some temporary success if you, if you kind of pull some strings and do things the wrong way. But if you want to do things the right way and have a have a lasting, successful program, you got to lay a foundation. You know, you got to be about the right things, the people that are about the right things, and and, uh, and and do it that way. And sometimes that takes time. Yeah, so I just pray that everybody understands that that they're 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 uh, welcoming to it, supportive of it. Uh, you know, you see those fans. They're like, oh, hire or fire Venables, and and it's I mean, it's, it's crazy. You know, you 
never going to be for everybody, but I have no doubt that things are going to turn around and, and we're going to be the program that we're used to being. And uh, But what more and more excited about is that those young players are going to, yeah. are going to benefit from us. You know, they, they truly are. They're going to be better young men because of because they chose to be a part of this. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's that's really exciting. And I'm just I'm going to close out just by reminding people even though I I love that you're not, you know, a guy who just yeah, is talking about the the good old good old days and all that, but we are. I'm going to talk about some of the good old days. I just want to close by saying this um just a reminder for people or people who didn't get to see you play and of course our our video is down, but uh the highlights that I came and the memories that I have of kind of the the one big opportunity you did get uh, in 2005, uh, particularly against Baylor when, you know, I think what the stats say is you carried the ball 30 times, which is a lot, and 173 yards, which is also a lot, and uh, beat Baylor in overtime, maybe double overtime, 37 to 30. And uh, I was looking at some of the stats from that year and Adrian Peterson um, he had a couple of uh, you know big games over 200 yards, but then I think that year, if these stats were correct, the next highest total was number three. I think was Jacob Gutierrez with those 173, and then Adrian Peterson was at four, five, and six. So I mean, you you had uh, you had a lot of talent, and that's just proof just in the numbers. And then one last thing that I just want to remind people, and you clear uh, clarify the record. I know you were captain at least one of the years. Were you captain two years? I don't. That's what I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I was actually captain. That's amazing. Big honor for me, just because uh, it was chosen by the team, your teammates chose to be a part of that and do those things. So that was a blessing. <laughs> that's something. I mean, that was when you were talking about hard work, adversity, and leadership. And just thinking that, man, your your team elected you as captain two years. Um, I mean, that's just phenomenal, Jacob, and just says so much about you. So even though it's in the past, I get that. I mean, I still think it's something that we get to celebrate about you and just the person you are, the person you became, and the person that you're continuing to become. And, uh, man, as, as, as a dad, as a husband, as a firefighter, and just a leader in the community, and we're just really grateful for you, Jacob. Well, I appreciate it, Steve. It was great catching up, and just hopefully a conversation helps somebody else out and what they might be going through in life or looking forward to. So I enjoy it. Good. I know I know it blessed me, and I know it's blessed somebody else and is going to bless some others too. So stick around on the line. I just want to talk to you off air for a minute, and uh, I'll just sign off for the show for now, though. Sounds good. Okay. That's Jacob Gutierrez, man. I love that guy. Love you, man. Uh, what an inspiration I didn't this time get to talk about the blessings that he's been in my life and the opportunities that he gave me, but I did get to because of Jacob. I got to speak to uh, OU Chapel uh, against Missouri um, now back in the day, and that was you know kind of a bucket list I didn't even know I had on my bucket list, and he made that happen. Got to go to a national championship game because he had tickets for the Ritamans and Thank you, Patty Ritterman, for setting your ticket aside that I could go with Rom. Uh, that was an amazing opportunity. And also, you know, I got to meet Coach Venables when he was assistant Coach Venables, and that was because of Jacob Gutierrez and uh, up at the Switzer Center. And so, anyway, I've just I've been blessed, and you are just so thoughtful, Jacob, and so caring and so serving. 
And uh, you just go out of your way. You know, when we would come to Norman to make time for us to go out to lunch or breakfast, um, that's just the kind of guy you are. So you're an incredible blessing. And um, so I just want to remind our listeners just, man, there's somebody that you can serve today. There's somebody that you can love today. And it comes out of that hope and that comes out of that faith of of who you are and who God is and who Christ is and who he calls you to be and the gifts and the talents that he's given you. So I want to encourage you that hard work that Jacob is talking about, that overcoming adversity, that discerning that Jacob is talking about to look at that today, that leadership, how can you serve others, that dedication and that loyalty man maybe god is just bringing up one thing in your life that yeah that's where i'm gonna that's where i'm gonna shine that's where i'm gonna work so we'll sign off with this this is why we're very bold radio and podcasts and very bold ministries it's because of that great hope that jesus christ has given to us no matter what we're facing this is what the apostle paul wrote in second corinthians three twelve. therefore since we have such a hope we are very bold Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.